Today in our men's lunch, we're, we're moving verse by verse through the book of 1 Peter. Today in our men's lunch, we come across some really pretty deep verses on really a pretty profound subject. And, and when you move through verses, this is what you come to. And sometimes you think, well, I would rather pick some different verses or maybe some verses that are easier to understand or easier to, to preach on. Uh, but moving verse by verse, we're going to see what God says in each of, his, each of his verses. And I believe he has a, a great message for us today. Again, some very deep verses, a very profound subject. We're going to look at the question today, what happens when you are saved? What happens when you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and when you respond by placing your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? What happens when you are saved? Now, I think here's the issue today. It seems like, and maybe it's just the passage of time, maybe it's just our human instinct, but it seems like a whole lot of people have lost their amazement have lost their astonishment with the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. Uh, we start to treat it like it's just a small thing or, or maybe some common thing. We start to act like it's some insignificant fact. Uh, Jesus offers us salvation by faith. We put our faith in Jesus Christ and we're saved. And we talk about, are you saved? Yes, he's saved. Or, or they need to get saved. And we really lose the marvel the astonishment of what it means to actually be saved. In Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about the fact that we have received so great a salvation. And so today we're going to look at the question, what happens when we are saved? And I believe that the outflow, the outcome of that would be that we would leave here prayerfully, that we would be amazed at the salvation that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're going we're gonna to see how great our salvation is today as we look at our verses. Last week we were in 1 Peter chapter 3. We looked at verse 18, uh, which is really the reality of the gospel. It is a picture of the gospel that we have uh, in and through Jesus Christ. We're going to revisit verse 18 really to set the context the reality of the gospel, and then we're going to move verses 19 through 22, and we're going to get a picture of what we have in the gospel. So again, the reality of the gospel, verse 18, and then a picture of what we have in the gospel, verses 19 through 22. So let's start off today again looking at the verse we looked at last week, the good news of the gospel, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, says this, For Christ also died for sins, once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. There we have really the, the picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus comes and he dies for sin. Why did Jesus die? He died for our sins. The Bible says the just, he never sinned. He comes and he's crucified, he dies our death. He takes our punishment, he dies our death as sinners, the just for the unjust. And so in verse 18 we see the only way to be saved, the only way to ever have peace with the holy God, the only way that we can have eternal life is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news, that is the gospel that we believe as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, I think it's pretty awesome to see in that verse as well that it is finished. It is settled. 
The Bible says once and for all, he came, he paid the debt for our sin. He's not going to have to pay it again. There's not something additional for us to pay. Once and for all, the Bible says it is settled. That is good news. And so we have the gospel clearly presented there in verse 18. Let me say this this morning. I don't care who you are today. That is your only hope. Your only hope is the gospel, the good news of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in a risen, resurrected, reigning Savior, Jesus, and I don't know what brought you here today. Maybe you've been coming for some time. Maybe this is your first time. But if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're not going to find hope in in a relationship. You're not going to find hope in a wealth or a retirement account or the best job that you can have. You're not going to find hope in anything outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the good news that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's the reality of the gospel there in verse 18. Now we see a picture of what the gospel brings in the verses following, verses 19 through verses 22. Now stick stick tight here. These are very deep verses, very profound verses. Verse 19 says this, in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits Now in prison. I'm going to go ahead and jump down and hit verse 20 also. Who were once disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Two possible things there in that first verse, verse 19. It says that Jesus went and proclaimed he preached uh, to those spirits who, who were there in this place. Now, there's two, two possible things here. The first is this. He is preaching. He is proclaiming who he is to these wicked people who had rejected God. They had rejected God. The Bible says that Noah was righteous in his day. They had rejected the truth of who God is. And so they are in hell. And so Jesus goes and he preaches to those folks. That's one possibility. Another possibility says that he goes and he spoke, he proclaimed who he is to fallen angels. If you remember, uh, the Bible tells us that when Satan rebelled, a third of the angels of heaven rebelled with him. Some of those are already in prison. Some of them are reigning and, and ruling right now with Satan, running free, but some of those are already in prison. Now, I'll tell you, I believe uh, most likely it's the first view. He goes and he preaches, he proclaims uh, to those people who had lived in disobedience and really had rejected the, the truth that, that Noah proclaimed that Jesus was coming. There's a future coming Messiah. Now let me say this. Uh, he does not offer them another chance to be saved. And I think we need to understand that today. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in Scripture does it say that once you die, you're going to ever have another chance to be saved, to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so he doesn't go there and preach to these folks in the hopes that now they'll repent, now they'll turn and follow him. He doesn't go there to preach that they might be saved. The Bible never says that. In fact, in Hebrews 9.27 and 9.28, it says the opposite of that. It says it's appointed for man once to die, and after he dies, his judgment. That's what the Bible says. Once you die, you will face your judgment. And there's not going to be another chance. There's not going to be Jesus coming and preaching again that you might one time again be saved. I believe it looks like this. 
I believe he goes to these folks who had rejected God. And I believe he comes to them and he tells them, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. I am the anointed of God. I am the, the hope of all nations. I am the king of all the kings. I am the Lord of all the lords. I am the door by which you must enter. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. Once you drink, that you'll never thirst. And then he says to them, I am the one that you rejected. It wasn't a message of salvation. It was a message of judgment. That's who I am. I am the Messiah. I am the promised deliverer, the Savior from God. And you have rejected me. Very simply says this. You missed it. No worse fate than to meet Jesus. The Bible says he's been given the place as the righteous judge. No worse fate than to meet Jesus and to have rejected Jesus. No worse fate can I ever imagine. You come and you come into the presence of Jesus Christ and you see the hope that you rejected. You see the Savior that you spurned, and because of that, you are now lost. Man, let me tell you something today. If you haven't, for whatever reason, settled it today, there's not going to be another opportunity after your death. It's appointed for you to die, and then your judgment. There's not going to be another act of grace where he comes and offers to save you. It ends on that day. Men, if this is something you haven't settled, settle it today. Settle it today. Can you imagine the broken hearts, the agony, the despair of those folks? I am the Savior. I am the King. And you rejected me. And now you're lost for eternity. A message of judgment. Man, if you haven't settled that, settle it today. Now see the picture as it starts to build and develop here in the next verses. It says, eight persons were brought safely through the water. Now it's talking about the ark. It's talking about Noah's family. These, these family members of Noah, they are put in the ark and they're brought safely through the water there in the ark. Now the water literally, not symbolically, the water literally was God's judgment on sin. The Bible says that people were corrupt. Every intent of their heart was wicked. And literally he judges them through this water, the, the rain starts to fall and the wells of the earth spring up and the water begins to rise. And we think about that picture and we think, well, that's a pretty neat picture. And we paint a rainbow and an ark uh, there in our kids' nursery. What an awesome picture that is. It's really not a, a pretty picture at all. This is a picture of God's wrath and his hatred toward sin. His anger, his burning anger, his wrath boils up towards these wicked people. And in his judgment, he judges them in this water. And let me tell you something. We act like, well, sin's not a big deal. You know what? I, I do my best with my sin and God, we kind of got a deal worked out. And as, as long as I'm hitting three of the cylinders, this other part over there, maybe he can overlook that. He is forgiven. We'll take care of it. No, God in his anger, his, his wrath towards sin, he sends this water of judgment upon these people. Now think about the picture. See that as it builds here. These eight people get in the ark. They are inside the ark. The Bible tells us once they are inside the ark that God shuts the door. That has a lot of meaning there. God himself shuts the door. God himself seals them in the ark. 
These eight people, they're inside the ark. The door is sealed shut. These wicked people begin to laugh. Look at this monstrosity here. Look at this crazy monument to a, to a crazy man. Look at this, this thing that he's built here. And they began to laugh. And the, the Bible says they go about their daily duties not paying any attention. It says they're eating and they're drinking and they're giving in marriage. And, and then it's another day and we're going to work and we're going to celebrate and we're going to laugh at this crazy man and his crazy ark. And they see this old fool. They're wicked and every intent of their heart's wicked and they're going about their, their everyday life then the first drop falls, then another, and then a downpour bursts out, and it starts to rain, and the storm comes, and, and can you imagine these folks, they, they sit there, and they see the rain as it begins to fall, and, and they may laugh even in the midst of the rain, but don't you know there's a knot there in their stomach? The rain keeps coming, and they start to see puddles as they puddle up and they, they try to downplay it. Well, it's just a big rain and there's, there's starting to be puddles all around them and the, the water is rising around them. And they look over and there's the ark. And there it stands. And they'd laughed at that ark and the water's still rising there. And now all of a sudden as the water continues to rise and maybe it's starting to be ankle deep and I imagine now there's no laughing. And there's bewilderment. I don't know what's going on here. I've never seen such a rain. And I don't know how many days it takes, but, but the very first few days, the, the water starts to come and the, the low spots fill in and the creeks are all pouring and, and they're headed to the high parts. And they look over and there's the ark. And nobody's laughing anymore. And they see the ark and they, they start to wonder what it is that they've done. And can you imagine the, 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 the regret there and the despair in their stomachs? The water's now chest high. The old people, they can't get up out of it anymore and they, they start to drown and your grandparents are, are washed away and, and the crippled people that can't fight against it, they're, they're washed away and you see them there perish in the water but the water's still rising and the water's coming up and these folks, they start to head to the high spots and they, they start to head to the hills and, and maybe some of them get up on their rooftops. Some of them are climbing up in their trees and the water's still rising and they look over and they see the ark. And then the waters mostly cover the earth. And they look over and they see the ark and it is now rising up. And it starts to float. And they see it there floating upon the waters. And yet they start to see the, 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 the faith that they're in. And they start to yell, oh, that you would open up the ark. Oh, that we'd have gotten on the ark. Oh, people are perishing and you can hear them yell out. And you can hear them perish and cry. They're in agony. And, they're, and their kids, oh, our kids. And they start to hold their kids over their head. Most of the folks are drowning. They're, they're holding their kids over their head. Oh, that something would save us. And they hold their kids there. And then the, even the strongest ones are starting to lift off. And they're, they're starting to bob in the water. And they, they fight against it. And I can't, I can't hold my kid anymore. And he drops in the water. And there's a cry as he perishes. They can still see the ark. They're tired and they're panicked and they struggle and they gasp for air and the water's rising and, and you hear all the cries. Then it's silent. And they have perished in the waters of judgment. And the Bible says there are eight people inside the ark. And in God's grace and in God's provision and his kind care, they're carried off in the ark. See the picture, verse 21. It says this, corresponding 
to that. Just like that. That's what it means. Corresponding to that. Just like that. See the picture as it builds here. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 22. Who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven, after angels and authorities and powers have been subjected to him. And just like that, baptism now saves you. Now I want you to see the picture here. It's not talking about the physical act of baptism. The physical act of baptism does not save us. There's some that would say, well, this verse says that we're saved because of baptism. It actually says the opposite of that. It's not the physical act of baptism. It's not the removal of dirt through these waters, but it's an appeal to God that we make through Jesus Christ. But it's the picture that's developing here. Do not lose sight of the picture. The word for baptism, baptizo, the Greek word, get this, literally means to immerse to immerse. Now see this, see the picture here. Immersion now saves us. It's talking about immersion in Jesus Christ. The gospel of a resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, we are immersed in Jesus and immersion now saves us. Now what happens when we're saved? Upon the day that you realize that you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, and you realize your responsibility for your sin, and you understand God has said in his word the punishment for sin is death and there's a, a punishment that's waiting for you. Upon the day that you hear the good news of Jesus Christ that, that he died for our sin, verse 18, once and for all, the just for the unjust, that he's now risen from the dead and he reigns as our savior and by faith you receive that. The book of Ephesians says by grace through faith we are saved, we receive him. See the picture, when that happens, the Bible says this, Immersed in Christ. What does that mean? We are in Christ. Second Corinthians says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, listen to me, when you became saved, you are in Christ. You became in Christ. We are immersed in Christ. He is the means of our salvation. He alone is our passage out of God's judgment for sin. Friends, it means this. Jesus becomes our ark. Corresponding to that. That's what the picture says. Corresponding to that picture is also this picture. You are in Christ. Jesus becomes your ark. And in Jesus, he carries us through safely. In Jesus, we are saved from God's wrath against sin. And this is the picture. This is what we have in Jesus Christ. Friends, listen to me very seriously today. The payment for sin is still death. Well, I thought that was Old Testament. I thought that changed with the covenant of love and the New Testament. Listen to me. The payment for sin is still death. It still stands. And God is a God of love. Yes, He's a God of tremendous love. But God is also a holy God, set aside, different, pristine in all of His actions. God is a God of justice, absolute justice, and His justice still stands. Our society's crumbling today because justice is not upheld. Listen, our Savior, He upholds His justice. Our justice still stands. And the Bible tells us of the nature of God. He hates sin. 
He hates sin. I can't imagine how much he hates sin. He sends his only begotten son and he dies on the cross for the wickedness of sin. He abhors sin. And the Bible tells us in his righteousness, in the end, he will render his judgment against sin. And the Bible tells us those outside of Christ, those outside of the ark will again perish. Do you see the picture? In these last days, they laugh at the ark. In the last days, they scoff at our ark, Jesus Christ, and they they say, that's absurd. There's no hope in that ark. There's no hope in Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you the biblical truth is this. There again will be a day when God's wrath is no longer going to be restrained. But this time, and finally this time, There's going to be judgment that comes, and it's not going to be a drop of rain that comes out of the sky. It's going to be a white horse that comes out of the sky. And the Bible says, and the one who sits on it is faithful and true. And there's going to be a sword in his mouth, and there's going to be a fire in his eyes. In the book of Revelation chapter 19, it says, he's going to tread out the winepress of God's fierce wrath at sin. And see the picture here. And just like that, and corresponding to that, those outside the ark are going to see the judgment roll downhill. And they're going to say, oh, that we could get in. Oh, that we could have salvation. It's going to be too late. And they're going to, they're going to perish there. And now, instead of just reaching up and gasping for air, the Bible says, added to that, there's going to be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And only those inside the ark will be saved. That day is coming. Only those inside Jesus will be saved. That's our salvation. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be saved. Can't say it strongly enough. There'll be a day when judgment's coming. There'll be a day when God in His righteous anger finally and fully cleanses the earth of all sin and all remnants of it. But on this day, God's grace is offered to you through Jesus Christ. This day, just like the ark was, was rising up there, the ark is rising up and there is Jesus, our hope, our salvation. Friends, get in the ark. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful that your justice still stands. And I'm thankful that you do not bend. and You do not move and you're not politically correct and you're not sticking up a finger to to see which way the wind is blowing, but you stand and you're the same as you were then and you're the same now, yesterday, today, or forever, and your justice still stands and your holiness still stands and your might still stands and your power still stands, but most of all for us in this room as sinners, your grace still stands. The forgiveness of sin is still offered. There is still an ark, Jesus We thank you for that. We praise you for the ark. I I pray for us today that we would come and and for some here that aren't saved, they would realize they're a sinner. They would realize there is coming a judgment. And it's going to be sure and swift and it's going to be final. But they would understand that God loves them and, and God, you've provided Christ, the ark of our salvation. And I pray that out of this lunch, folks would be saved. Out of this lunch.
on this day. Pray for us as Christians, those who've put our faith in Christ, that we have no longer anything to fear, that we're in the ark, Jesus Christ. I pray that we would go out of here and our message would be this. Get in the ark. Friends, get in the ark. Let us take up that message. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that he becomes the ark at great cost and suffering to himself, but he does it anyway. And he's kind and he's gracious to me, and I praise his name. With all that I am, I praise the name of Jesus. We love you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen.